Hello and welcome to the show. I'm very grateful to have Richard Thorpe. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in coming on to the Urban Health Podcast, Keeping Busy People Healthy. Richard, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's, um, it's a pleasure to be joining you. I'm so inspired. You've had an outstanding rugby career. You have an unbelievable property investment company. And because of your uh, amazing uh, ability to juggle more than one thing, everyone is drawn to you to ask about how resilient you are. And you've got a resilience consultancy organically, beautifully forming. And it is the, the skills that you have to maintain a high standard in all aspects of your life. One of the things that we say on Urban Health is achieve more, cope better. And you're, you, I, I love watching how you, how you work with your clients because it, it, it just it gives everyone the skills to achieve more and cope better without compromising one aspect of your life. And often in the city, we compromise our health in order to pursue our wealth, but you've got that balanced out. So, um, so yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I I have certainly not lived without struggle. Um, I mean, I, I, I think a lot, a lot of, a lot of my struggles have really defined me and, uh, and, and it's, uh, is probably a reason why people are now uh, coming to me for resilience work, um, because I've because I've gone through it. I mean, you you, you obviously mentioned that I'm a I'm an ex um, uh, professional rugby player. Um, I, I retired two years ago. I retired in 20, 2016 and moved straight into a property company. But that transition from professional sport um, into the real world, um, what what I, what I found speaking to other friends of mine that have done the same, same thing, had to make the same transition, um, is that there are a lot of struggles. Uh, it can be a, re- a real tough thing for people to adjust to. So that's certainly something that I experienced. I've done a lot of work in that um, area to get myself to this, uh, to, to, to this place now. Um, but in terms of what sport can kind of teach uh, business or what I've, what I've brought with me from... Um, uh, from, from sport into, into, into my current life. I mean, like one of my primary values now is health and well-being. Um, I, 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 I take my health and well-being very seriously. Mm-hmm. I exercise regularly, keep a good diet, um, try and make sure that I'm not engaging too much from my mobile phone and my laptop like we're all so, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so overly keen to do these days. Um, and then also um, would be uh, dealing with setbacks. I mean, the nature of professional sport is you, you're not going to win every, every game. I mean, some teams do, I guess, but um, the majority of, uh, of professional sportsmen, they've got to deal with loss. They've got to deal with it on a regular basis. Yeah. They've also got to deal with selection issues. I mean, I was, I was uh, occasionally not in the starting team. I had that conversation with a coach and he said, you're, you're out. And that's really hard to take. Mm-hmm. And you become resilient uh, to dealing with setbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's certainly something that's helped me in the business world because I mean any any entrepreneur, for example, that that, that may be listening will will know it's just a roller coaster mm-hmm. of um, of highs and lows and being resilient to the lows and being able to um, keep the enthusiasm going when times are, are, are tough and the future doesn't necessarily look that rosy is key for sustainability um, and for, and for long term success. Um, so. Without giving too much to, to, too much to it, I, I would say the, the primary one that I've, I've taken is my uh, my value around health 
and well-being and the, that ability to deal with setbacks, which, oh, let's face it, they're inevitable in life. Well, yeah, and absolutely. And uh, there's a lot of rejection. A lot of the uh, people listening either work in, in banks or uh, are city workers and entrepreneurs also. And we face rejection and we face setbacks every day. The athletes that are listening get injuries and they have to overcome those. Um, and but, but the link is pushing yourself physically helps you psychologically also and that health is important uh, it does build a foundation for being successful in business um you've had some uh, amazing training and nutrition advice in rugby so what tips have you uh, kept in your day-to-day life now that you're no longer training yeah well i think you, you, you're right um, i'm quite privileged really to have been able to work with the um uh, performance coaches that I've, I've had exposure to uh, over the years. And the ones that really still stick with me, I'm, I'm not doing the, the absolute grueling conditioning sessions anymore, thankfully. Um, those things, when you know they're coming the following day, you've got butterflies in your stomach the previous uh, the, the night before. Um, I've, I've managed to, to, to get my training under control. I actually look forward to training, which is quite nice. Um, but the, the real one that I've maintained is is around nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, and although I've drastically reduced my calorie intake, I mean, whilst I was playing and training, um, uh, I was probably around between between 4,000 5,000 calories a day. Delicious. Um, typically quite lean food as well. So that, that came at quite a cost if I wasn't eating at the club. Um, <laughs> but you, in, 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 order, in, in, in order to refuel your body, it's, it's really important. But since stepping back from full-time professional sport, uh, I'm able to drop that right back. And so I, I, I tend to stick it around the, the, between two and 3,000 calories a day. Um, I mean, you might say that's still quite a bit, but I'm a relatively big fella. I'm 6'1", about 100 kilos. Um, but that seems to work for me quite well. Um, but really around that nutrition is, is what are you putting into your body. Um, so simple carbohydrates, I, just, I try it, to be honest, just completely stay away from them. Like I rarely eat bread. Um, I'll, I'll never use sugar. Um, and just try and keep away from those um, that, that sort of simple, that glycogen-based foods that's just going to imme- immediately get absorbed. Uh, increase your, your insulin levels, export as fat. Um, that's a habit that I'm, I'm happy that I've been able to, to carry through from a professional sport career. Um, and then I, I, I guess the other one is, is just a habit of regular training. Um, I mean, it's, I, I'll probably argue that it, it doesn't matter too much what you do, as long as you do something. Um, you, can, you, you can build very uh, very intricate training schedules, and that works really well for some people because they want to um, they want to have a set schedule. They want to see themselves improving and everything. But really, as long as you're doing something, that's better than nothing. So I'd say the, the habit of training regularly is one one alongside nutrition. Two of the, two of the greatest things to to stay with me from from pro sport. Um, and I mean, in terms of what I do uh, from a training perspective, I mean, I, I try and train at least sort of three to five times a week. I mean, very, very often I, try, I train every day, um, but uh, I, I try and get at least three three to five proper training sessions in a week, uh, and that'd be a mix of weights and cardio. 
in the property circuits, it, it's, there's quite a culture to drink alcohol when you're out and uh, having a networking event. So do you find yourself drinking alcohol? And if so, is it in lower quantities than your colleagues? Is that socially awkward for you to manage? Because you value your athlete self more than you value you know, drinking to excess or do you have a bit of balance? Do you consider it an 80-20 principle, which is what I teach my clients to have? I don't believe in saying no to absolutely everything, but just to bring everything into balance. Absolutely. This is one that I I, I do battle with um, because I do, I do try to keep my alcohol intake to a minimum. Um, but then at the same time, I'm, I'm very involved in the networking world up in London um, a, a lot of business meetings end up taking place in the pub, <laughs> and uh, it, it, sometimes in order to get to get that piece of business, um, you, need, you need to go out and have uh, have eight plus pints uh, midweek, and wake up the following morning and, and, and go and do a full day's worth of work. So it, it, it's certainly something I've been exposed to, and I, 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 I do I do struggle with um, because you, it, it's not. You're not always able to dictate um, when it is you're going to be drinking. Uh, if you were to write your own program, you might say, "Right, well, by the way, I completely agree with your eight to twenty principle. I think I think that's spot on um, for for the for the idea of bringing balance to that area of your life." Um, but if all of a sudden uh, a client invites you out for a beer, and that's not the day that you had planned to go drinking, and you've got another day planned the following day. We can't really say no, so it's um, so it so it is a tricky one. I think that owning owning your 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 own space, owning yourself, and having that ability to say to someone, "I'm only going to be staying here for an hour. Uh, I'm only going to be staying here for an hour and a half, and then I've got to go on to another appointment." is a good way of getting yourself out of those um, situations. Uh, I've also got friends that have just turned around and say. They don't drink anymore, and 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 that's it. And it, it isn't a problem for them. Um, they'll they'll arrive for a, for a business meeting and just drink soft drinks. Another one is um, uh, a, a colleague of mine um, who does drink regularly. Um, periodically, will take six weeks off drinking, mm-hmm. and he can use that as his reason as he goes to meet meet someone or a group of people or is at a networking event. He can actually say, "I'm not drinking for six weeks." Yeah, and um, that actually is a very interesting, engaging story. You can talk around it and what what you're doing. People generally are quite interested in that. Oh, why why are you doing this? What what are you doing it for? Can also that can also tie in quite neatly to a say a six week training program. Mm-hmm. So right, I'm not going to drink for six weeks, and I'm also going to lose three percent body fat uh, and put on two kilos worth of muscle mass. So something like that. Um, so you've got a real target, and people respect that. If you, as long as you own that space, own that part of you, um, people will respect it. And it's a, and it's a good way to bring balance into that area of your life if you're finding that you're, you're struggling. Yeah, and later on in the week, we're interviewing uh, Seedlip Drinks, and I'm a huge fan because I used to drink gin and tonic, and Seedlip is non-alcoholic, and you can ask for a Seedlip and tonic and appear that you're having alcohol, but you're actually not. I'm actually bold enough to say I'm just drinking water, and I'm quite happy to receive 
uh, looks that, uh, what do you mean you don't drink alcohol? And, and so I'm, I'm used to the weirdo looks, but um, uh, a lot of uh, my clients who are just starting out who need that uh, seed lip drinks and, and, and even just saying a soft drink, it, I think it's perfectly acceptable. Um, and we just need to get a bit more comfortable with guarding our health. And um, yeah. and yeah, I'm trying to build a culture where it's okay to say no to alcohol. I think we will all be a lot healthier. But yeah. a lot of city workers uh, drink alcohol to excess. Sorry, just, just, yeah, just, sure. just quickly, Stephanie, on, on that. Um, I mean, this is going back to my younger days uh, as a professional rugby player where we, we may just sneak out for a couple of beers during the week. Uh, when you're sort of a, a 19, 20-year-old, you know you shouldn't. Um, we found that uh-huh. as long as you hydrate whilst you're drinking and when you get home, you may need to get up in the middle of the night to, uh, to use the toilet. Hydration seems to be a real key to, um, uh, to processing all the alcohol out of your system uh, and to being functional and productive the following day. Um, so I'll just add into what I was saying earlier on. If you do find that you're struggling getting balance, just make sure that you're getting your hydration in. Uh, I'd always chuck a, a sachet of Diarolite, so that's getting all the salts and everything else uh, back into your system. Um, uh, so the, the typical habit of mine would be once you get in from uh, an evening of, of drinking some alcohol, drink a litre of water before you go to bed with a sachet of Diarolite, and then when you wake up in the morning, do another litre with another sachet of Diarolite. That will really help you just through, through that uh, I completely agree. Um, I, I, uh, my clients who want to have an 80-20 relationship with alcohol as opposed to a, a zero, you know, complete, I, I prefer to just have zero now because I just don't think it's, it's worth it. But for my clients who want to con- continue to drink but want to do it responsibly, I, I do actually pr- uh, suggest having water before after um i i prefer not to use diarolite but yes electrolytes potassium magnesium supplements from higher nature and and also nac supplements from lambert's because um that is a precursor to glutathione which is a natural detoxifying agent for the liver as well as milk thistle to help you clean so if you are going to toxify yourself then have a detox process afterwards to at least still uh, keep keep your health going um, so it's about doing everything with a with responsibly have fun responsibly um, but yes right. well look, I think I'm, I think I'm going to be throwing my Diarolite uh, sachets out, out, of the, uh, out of the cupboard into the bin and taking on your regime here I think that sounds um, that sounds far more prudent no it, it's fine Diarolite's fine it just it contains a bit of sugar that's all but it, it's, it's all good sure. um, I'll send you some in a pack if you like uh, so <laughs> but but it's but it's great I, li- I like the drinking and the thing is with rugby there is a real drinking culture a lot of my clients you know used to play rugby and now work in the city and there is this drinking culture and they use it as an exercise uh, thing and then they drink afterwards they're sort of negating that and and then they are drinking alcohol on non-athletic physiques which might be, be more detrimental to the health than uh, than the exercise uh, the, their intention to exercise but uh, i want to talk more about um stress and uh resilience because it's all very well talking about 80-20, that's fine, but 
some of my clients don't have that ability to reduce their alcohol intake just yet because they are using alcohol to excess to cope with stress. And uh, if they were more resilient and they don't need to turn to food for unaddressed emotional issues, how, how, how would a resilience coaching program with you help them manage their stress in a more healthy way that doesn't increase calories and, and liver damage? Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, I mean managing stress is, um, is, a, is a fairly broad topic. I mean, my, my start point would actually be um, to, to, to speak to you at Urban Health because your, your, your diet, and the level of exercise can play a massive role in, uh, in, in, your, in your day-to-day stress or your long-term stress. And um, one of the first things, um, I mean, I'm a, I, I didn't mention, but during my rugby career, I was um, uh, certified as a um, psychotherapist, uh, just an, an area that I've got a, a lot of interest in. And uh, one of the first things that uh, someone, managed, someone dealing with acute stress uh, maybe anxiety or depression. One of the mm-hmm. first things that you, you would prescribe to that person is exercise. Mm-hmm. And to go back to my earlier point, it's you, you don't necessarily need to overthink this. Just get out and do something and do it regularly. Build that habit of exercising regularly. I would say at least every day. Uh, that could be anything from uh, I'll, I'll, I'll walking to the train station rather than driving. Um, walking up the stairs rather than taking the elevator, all the way through to going and running five miles um, uh, in, in, in the morning before you have breakfast. I mean, anywhere in between, you know. Uh, but cardiovascular exercise is um, is hugely um, beneficial to dealing with stress. I, I um, completely agree, Richard. And you are so well positioned for this because you have the athletic background and the stress of a game. And you also understand the stress of day-to-day living, working in property, working in your resilience consultancy. You understand the corporate world. You, you've had to manage stress on both sides of that. And you've got different strategies that you've developed that you're happy to share with your coaching clients. And that's very, very valuable, um, how to overcome the day-to-day struggles uh, in, a, in, a real, in a real way. It's a, it's a mindset that you have and um, I think that's very valuable yeah um, thank you um, I'm just, and then the secondly coming, coming behind exercise would be social engagement um, try and switch off from work or whatever it is you're stressed about and just having real human interaction um, one of our tendencies when we become stressed or anxious or depressed uh, is to start to pull away uh, is to start to be isolate, isolating ourselves, um, which in the immediate term feels like it's the best thing to do. But actually, in the long term, that's only going to make your stress worse. Uh, it's going to make any any, any um, mental health issues that, that, that may be uh, bubbling around there worse. Get out and engage with people. And by that, I do not mean on social media. That probably has the opposite result. <laughs> uh, I would, so I'll, I'll tie in social interaction, face-to-face human contact with ditching your phone, ditching your laptop, keeping off of them. Uh, Because the problem that we have with social media, particularly on our phones, is that it's so readily available. Mm -hmm. uh, When the the light that's emitted from your phone is blue light, it's the same as the 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 sun, triggers uh, things like cortisol, triggers things like dopamine, um, and it can become addictive. And it's not actually sending you in the right direction. This is not going to make you feel less stressed. 
although it may feel it in the moment, over the long term, it is sending you in the wrong direction. So flip that on its head, get out and have social interaction with people. Go and engage with family, go and engage with friends, have meaningful conversations, and also tell people what you're going through. If you're really stressed, tell someone about it. Do not keep it to yourself. One of the worst things you can do if you're, if you're suffering with stress is keep it to yourself. Tell someone. You don't necessarily need to go and speak to a professional, um, although if, if you are uh, struggling with the acute end of stress or anxiety or depression, perhaps a psychotherapist or a counsellor uh, or a professional might be a, um, a, a prudent move forward. Um, but just speaking to a good friend is, is going to really help. Absolutely. And I, I feel that Instagram and social media has had a lot of negative impact on some of my clients who compare their bodies to the images, male and female, that are displayed uh, on social media and they, it, it can foster negative body image issues. And I always empower my clients to be the best version of themselves and not compare themselves to other people. If anything, maybe find these images inspiring if you can, but to ha- not to have a negative uh, response to, to these images. And I believe we should always be the best version of ourselves and you must compare yourself to who you were yesterday and, and be a better version of yourself today. And society's expectations on you, Richard, I mean, when people meet you now, how do you handle people who see the celebrity rugby player and not the not the real person? There's a lot of people who can relate to that. Absolutely. Uh, um, a big part of transitioning from anything, I happen to have transitioned from professional sport into business. Um, but there are transitioning transitions going on all the time. People retiring uh, at the end of a working life, someone selling a business, and now they're going to take a piece of time off and discover their, their, their next passion, moving jobs, divorce, um, uh, starting a family. Yep. Um, these, these are all transitions that is going to be a, a, um, it's going to mean that life is going to be very different now. And professional sport into the real world is probably at the more acute end of that spectrum. Uh, we probably feel it uh, more acutely than, say, what um, someone um, changing jobs would, um, for example. Um, we're, we're probably just behind someone coming out of the army. So that tra- transition from the military into the real world uh, would probably sit, uh, sit on the spectrum up, 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 up there. And um, mm-hmm. so ha- things to... Um, how did you manage that transition? Because uh, th- these instances that you have described, yeah, they, they are huge. And there are skills that you, you have implemented to make that transition more smooth. But what you had that um, it was that society's expectations on you, because you are a celebrity and uh, people have a certain amount of expectation when they meet you now in business, how has that affected you to live up to their expectations as yeah. opposed to fulfilling your dreams? What I, was, what I was just leading on to there was recreating your identity. Um, it, it doesn't pay to be living in the past. If you're still identifying as your former self, mm-hmm. you will very likely be struggling in the present and will continue to in the future. Um, this, is, this is very important for guys coming out of the army as well. Um, but really, any, any sort of transition is to own what your current identity is. Um, so, the, so the way that, and this is an area that I've had to do a lot of work in, I mean, for probably a year and a half after retiring, 
um, I still identified as a professional rugby player. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that's what I'm telling people, but on the inside, that's what I thought I was. Uh, I just happen now to be doing something different every day. Um, so I, I, I had to work to re-identify myself as Richard, the property professional, and Richard, the professional coach. Um, and once you start in, in engaging with people and portraying this new identity, people will start to pick up on it, and they will start to treat you and respect you as your current identity. And that's really important. Yeah, because after a massive career, you have, okay, well, what do I do? You almost feel like you're coming off a cliff edge. And I I don't believe the sports community does enough to help um, athletes transition. I've worked with boxers who come out of the boxing ring and then they're 35 and they don't know what to do with their finances. They don't know what to do with, with themselves as an identity. You know, they end up asking themselves questions. Who am I? What am I doing here? How am I going to make money now? And what do I do with my savings? And that, yeah, it, it is a unique set of circumstances, but the principles remain the same. You do need support when you're going through any transition and getting a coach for that, it, I'm sure has helped. Yeah, quite. And uh, I mean, just just about further on, um, on on professional sportsmen. I mean, they've they've had a, a career uh, where they're playing, say, they're playing once a week. Uh, if you're saying a rugby player, a footballer, or a cricketer, and um, you've got the highs and lows, you've got the extreme highs of winning, yeah, and the extreme lows of losing. And it's adrenaline. Um, yeah. Exercise. It's adrenaline, yeah, exactly. You're training all the time. Again, your causes of dopamine, adrenaline, all getting released. And when you're doing that over such a prolonged period of time, um, that becomes a, almost a chemical dependency uh, in your brain. You're, you're so used to having these chemicals, um, these feel-good chemicals, they can become addictive. I mean, this is why some people can become addicted to exercise. They just love that euphoric feeling yeah. of, uh, of a hard uh, fitness session or a training session. And this is where we see a lot, and this happens in the army as well, because the, 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 it's very similar for them the, in terms of the adrenaline and cortisone dopamine, um, is um, when you come out, you now try to replace those highs and lows with something else. Yeah. And the real world typically doesn't service that to the extent of what you were getting whilst you were a professional sportsman. And this is why so many sportsmen go bankrupt within five years of retirement. So football, for example, 60% of footballers, professional footballers, go bankrupt within five years of retiring from football. And that's a, that's a ridiculous statistic. Mm. Um, or they get depression, it's anxiety. Spending, uh-huh. It's spending uh, in, in order to get that 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 um, excitement and that thrill. Um, there are obviously a load, load of other reasons behind why athletes go bankrupt. But um, one of the other one is one of the um, uh, other things that athletes will, will struggle with is alcoholism, uh, drug addiction, because they're you're getting the highest mm-hmm. from drugs, uh, and gambling. Now, gambling is, is something that, as athletes are starting to open up and become more honest, we're starting to see more relevant statistics around it, the amount of um, uh, current as well as ex-athletes that have a gambling problem because gambling almost mirrors the highs and lows of professional sport. The massive highs when you win and the devastating lows when you lose and that there just replaces, it's just a natural replacement can slot straight in when you're no longer playing rugby anymore. And so that, that, that's something that a lot of athletes have to deal with. And it's, uh, 
withdrawal. Um, that you need to go, you need to go through a period of rehab, if you like, to um, help, help yourself come off of the, um, uh, the the highs and lows of sport. Yeah, and it, I, I think there there isn't enough around that, and the fact that you're offering coaching now in resilience and transition from athletes and sportsmen to go from uh, a career in uh, in sport to uh, a business career, I think that it's an amazing thing that you're offering a safe place for people to share their feelings. And I, I don't think enough is done around men's health and men's mental health and sharing their feelings to actually acknowledge them and move forward in their lives and overcome fear and obstacles that these are practical, practical stuff and psychological stuff that you, you've had to go through to be the success that you are today. And a lot of my listeners would, would, would warm to that and your coaching. Uh, so one of our phrases is achieve more cope better because we want to foster a high performance mentality and we don't like uh having to pursue our work life at the expense of our health or pursue our health and then our business starts to suffer because we don't pay enough attention and being resilient really helps and you've spoke you've touched on resilience i'd like to talk a bit more about that uh, as to other daily habits that we can foster so one of it is tech and removing the tech and the other thing was nutrition and exercise and hydration um i would like a tip from you before a meeting or before a job interview just a quick little two minute thing when you're in the elevator when you're on the tube or when you if you're in a taxi before a meeting just a is there something that we can do the one thing that i ask my clients to do in that moment is to to focus on one spot and just look at that one spot like a dot above an eye or or to look at a, a spot or a dot somewhere and focus on that and have three deep breaths just for a moment just to recenter and then go out and and uh, be awesome um but do you have a, a similar drill that prepares you before business there would have been drills that you would have done before a match i'm just wondering if there's anything that you it's quite, yeah I mean, it's quite different now um in the real world i mean before a game you're in a changing room you can crank the music right up you can get a bangerang by Skiller X playing at a, a thousand decibels and uh, everyone smashes themselves in the face. Um, that typically isn't very good in an elevator going up towards a boardroom. Um, so I've, I've been able to, uh, to, 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 to kind of reinvent that area of my life. Right. <laughs> um, and um, so, so what I've, I've, I've had an interest in mindfulness and meditation for, for a very long time. Uh, it's only something that I've been taking very seriously for around uh, just over six months and um, meditation in, in particular. Uh, just that silencing the mind, focusing on the breath. You can meditate on a uh, daily. I've certainly recommend that. I am not you, you can't have time um, for that, Richard, surely. Do you have time to meditate? Absolutely. If you don't have 10 minutes in the morning to yourself, uh, I think Tony Robbins, someone like that, says it. If you don't have 10 minutes to yourself, you don't have a life. Um, I, I think if, you, if your answer is I don't have time, get up 10 minutes earlier. You yeah. can always find time. Um, but to take that into the question that you asked, so going up in an elevator on your, on your way to a, uh, yeah. uh, an important meeting, I would say I, I completely agree with, with, with what you advise. Pick a spot, stare at it, take a breath. I would say you can, st you can pick a spot and stare at it, or you can even close your eyes. Stand with very good posture, 
you just take one very deep breath in, one very deep breath out. Do that as many as many times as you can. If you can if you can take ten minutes to, to do it and just focus on your breath, fantastic. If you've only got thirty seconds, if you've only got ten seconds, that's better than nothing. And you will find when you when you stop, even if it's only for ten seconds, you just have a slightly clearer mind. And you just be slightly more ready to I agree. And uh, I do a lot of identity work with my clients where, um, like you identify as a professional rugby player, even now, probably. And there's there's phrases that keep you pushing stronger. So um, I have some of my clients say a sentence to themselves, you know, even if it's something simple like I've got this or I know what I'm doing or yeah. I'm confident. Just any, any phrase that makes you feel empowered and it, it has to be personalized to them, not something that I've, I've asked them to say, um, that that draws them to a stronger identity. I talk about the victim self and the empowered self and there's words in our heads uh, and phrases in our heads when we're in victim mode that we want to crush and uh, phrases that keep us empowered in the best version of ourselves and any of those phrases before you enter a meeting are going to be very helpful. Um, so Richard, you have a property company and you have a resilience coaching company. What, uh, what are you up to in property? What are you, what are you doing these days? Right, so my, 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 my property journey started once I was playing, uh, just building up a, a, a portfolio of buying for lefts. And um, I then moved into property development towards the back end of my career. And, um, and then moved into lending, so I'm um, uh, so I run a uh, property development lending company. Um, uh, I run it together with my brother um, and uh, and, a, and a couple of other joint venture partners now. Um, and our company is called uh, ZSL Capital, um, and we we provide mezzanine finance to um, to UK property developers. What's the website address for that? Oh, um, website would be um, www.zslcapital.com. Amazing. And we'll add that in the link below. Uh, and also your resilience coaching. Um, how can we get in contact with you around that? Are you still developing or what's your... Yeah, or you can get it, you can get in touch with me um, on that. So my, um, my coaching business started quite organically, actually, about, um, about a year ago when I was asked to... Um, to join a, um, a, a large group of um, estate agents um, in the in, in the city uh, to present on resilience, uh, so spoke spoke uh, co presentation with a, um, a Harley Street um, psychotherapist, and um, and we spoke around with, uh, around resilience to around a hundred members of the estate agency. Um, that's built out into a um, into a corporate speaking business. Um, now, so I've, I've spoken in, Ma in Manchester, London, um, and other areas around uh, around the country. As this is starting to develop, um, I'm now working one on one, particularly with current and ex athletes uh, for one, one to one mentorship and training. Um, but then also some business executives as well, particularly people working in the property industry um, and uh, people starting new businesses um, al alongside uh, people that are struggling with transition. I think um, I think your work so you is amazing. Can, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and you, you can get in touch with me um, at uh, richardthorpe at me dot com and that's richardthorpe one word. 
Okay, we will add that in the link below. Also, Richard, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing your inspiring insights and helping urban health and keeping busy people healthy. Thank you so much, Richard. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.